conscious of the time, but oh man, I had a really hard time, and I'm just going to be straightforward. Um, I wasn't getting anything, and we've been, I've been in the presence of God nonstop, like day in and day out this whole week, but I wasn't getting the message, and I know when I get the message, it's like it plops in my spirit, but we had an awesome time at Glory Culture, and I was, I forgot to tell you, I wanted to tell you, and we're going to start making announcements about it, but July 10th, no, 11th, it's a Sunday, so starting Sunday night, and God spoke it to me at Glory Culture. We're going to have 10 days of glory. We're going to open it up to all, all the other churches in Revival MKE. But 10 days of glory, which is this 10 days like they did in the upper room, only it's going to be like Glory Cultures from 7 to 9-ish. Um, 10 days of glory of seeking the face of God. Um, so that opens up an opportunity for those of you who have to work and get dinner and all that. But 10 days of glory from 7 to 9 from July 11th until I believe the 20th, it's, that's the 10 days. Um, but it, God asked me to do it. We're going to be obedient. Amen? And so we are trusting that God is going to pour out his spirit in a mighty way. He's going to fill us up. Those who are hungry are going to come and they're going to get filled to overflowing. Amen. And so we're going we're gonna to broadcast that, open that up to, you know, the body of Christ. And I believe that hungry hearts are going to come and seek the face of God. And this city is going to see revival. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I just had to announce that. Um, so anyways, seeking the Lord, I'm like, oh, you know. Um, and, you know, I'm preparing to, to go somewhere too. And so it could, I was like, okay. But I sat down after dinner last night. Everybody was, you know, ate and they were fed and they like scattered into the different spaces of the house. <laughs> so I went and sat on the porch by myself and the presence of God was so strong. And I just sat there and the breeze was blowing. And it was beautiful. And I was just waiting on the Lord. And he spoke to me. He said, oh, he said, don't worry. I've been here all along. I'm just letting you get ready. And I was like, oh, he's going to give it to me, you know. He just started downloading and speaking to my heart what he has for you today. And uh, I'm just really blessed by it. And hopefully I can get it out. <clears throat> hopefully I can get it out of my mouth here. But, you know, he is so gracious. And he's so awesome. And he's so merciful. And he knows naturally even what we have to do sometimes. And he just gives us grace. And um, he was just... You know, even though I was a little anxious because I wanted to hear what his message was, you know, I'm like, okay, we're down to the night before, and yeah, I've been seeking you. Where is this message, Lord? But um, I was just sitting there rocking and in his presence, worshiping him, not trying, you know, because uh, his yoke is easy, his burdens light. It's not a hard thing when he gives it, it's, it's there. But, um, and he said, don't worry, I've been here all along, and I was just letting you have time to get ready. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so anyways, then he just started speaking to my heart. And uh, I had one little phrase, and that was it, and I didn't even know what it meant. And um, the title of my message is called, You Are a Pearl. In Matthew 13, 46, we know the story um, that Jesus illustrated, the parable um, that the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl or like a prize. A man finds this pearl of great price and he'll go and sell everything he has to go purchase it. But the Lord told me, you are a pearl. He sent his son Jesus and gave everything he had to purchase your freedom, 
to purchase your deliverance and to set you free and to, to position you to be what he's called you to, to be and do what he's called you to do. To him, you're a precious pearl and he'd give anything and he did give everything for you. Isn't that awesome? So you are so precious and so valuable in the sight of God that he gave his one and only son for you. He purchased your freedom. He took upon himself all sin, all sickness, all shame. Why? Because you're so precious to him. Today, we're going to learn about how precious and how important we are to God. Amen? 1 Peter 2.9, the Lord speaks about us, and he says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are God's special possession that you, so that you would declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And now what I'm about to share with you, these next few phrases are actually what he spoke to me while I was sitting on the porch. The Lord spoke to me and he said, many of my people don't see themselves as I see them or as I call them. And because of this, they are not operating fully or receiving the full potential of what I have for them. Why is that? Because we're listening to the voices of this world. We're listening to the discouragements of this person, this, that person, this feeling, that feeling. We're listening to those voices over what God in his word says, who we are and what we have. He said, so many are not operating fully or receiving their full potential of what I have for them because they're not listening or, or seeing themselves the way I see them. He says, rather, they're listening to, rather than listening to me and what I tell them they are and whose they are, they're listening to the clamor, and this is words I don't use, clamor of voices of the world and of the enemy that causes them to be discouraged and downtrodden. Things such as you're a failure, you're a nobody, you're nobody special, or maybe even you're sick, you're addicted. These are all lies of the devil. Because when Jesus died upon the cross, God called you, and, and, and he called you by name, but he saw you as a precious pearl and sent his son Jesus Christ to die upon the cross and take upon himself all sin, all sickness, all addiction, all shame, all embarrassment, every single thing that the devil's lying to you about who you are. It's a lie. He sees you as precious. You're his chosen people, his royal priesthood. Amen? So he says this to you today. He said, listen to me today and hear what the Father says about you. He says, you are my children. And you will, if, if you listen to him today, to what the Father says about you, my children, and you, then you will operate from the heavenly realm as kings. And as priests. Because he already told us, you are a royal priest. You are kings and priests in the Father's eyes. Well, when you think about a king and a priest, you don't see them walking around, kicking the dirt, like, I'm never going to amount to anything. No. 
They walk with their head held up high in boldness and in confidence because they know who they are. And they're seated in their rightful place with that authority. And they know when they say something, their servants have to go do it, you know? And that's who we are. Ephesians 2, 6, and 7, it says, and God, and God wants us to grip and grab a hold of the fact that we are his children. We're his royal priesthood. We are a holy chosen people from the Lord. Ephesians 2, 6, and God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places or heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. This isn't something to come. The minute you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been repositioned to a new place in heavenly places. Now we have a dual um, inhabitants, heaven and earth. And we're seated together with Christ. We're ruling and reigning together with Christ in heavenly places. And so now we're walking this earth, but we have the authority of sitting with Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords in heavenly places. I don't know, if we, if we realize who we are and where we're seated with the King of Kings, really nothing is going to get us down. We're going to walk with our head held up high and the authority that he gave us. Let me say it again. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, which is now, he might show his exceeding riches of his grace or his power in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. What he wants us to get and grab a hold of is who we are. We're the children of God. We're his chosen people. We are king's kids, a royal priesthood, a holy nation chosen by him, a pearl of great price that he bought with the blood of Jesus. That's who we are. And we're positioned with him at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. When you get a revelation of who you are, whose you are, and where you're positioned, suddenly you walk in boldness and the authority of Christ Jesus. We think about Jesus and we think about when he roamed and walked this earth as a man. You don't think of him like hiding and crying in the corner because of what the Pharisees were talking about him about. No. He came back at him with boldness and with the authority and the power and the glory. And he just went ahead and kept doing what God had him to do. He let it roll off his back. He didn't let it... Uh, define who he was just because somebody said something about him. The people of God, God has called us, he has raised us together with Christ, and he has positioned us there so that he could show forth his exceeding great power for us who believe in him. What's the point of that? He wants us to walk in power and the authority, the spirit of might. He wants us to walk in his power and authority in this world so that the world can see Jesus in us and through us. Jesus told his disciples, it's better that I go away because I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and he's not just going to be with you. He's going to be in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory, the hope for the world to know God. Amen? But they're not going to know if we're walking around defeated. 
we're walking around believing the lie of the enemy that we're addicted. We're walking around believing the lie of the enemy that we come from uh, a little, you know, home that, that didn't amount to much from, you know, we didn't have a father or, or it was abusive situation or whatever it might be. The devil tries to use that to get you down, make you believe that you're a nobody. When if you look at the word of God, God always used nobodies. And I love this. It just kind of comes to mind again. Jesus was from Nazareth. Nazareth was kind of like a small, nobody special town. Nobody special ever came from that town. But yet God chose that town for Jesus to be raised up in. To show us that you don't have to come from somewhere special. You don't have to come from someone special. He has chosen you as his royal priest as his holy nation, his precious pearls. Amen. God's telling us, the minute that we'll receive Jesus upon the cross, that um, we're receiving his, his love that he poured out and, and his kindness that he gave us, we're then seated together in this new position with Christ Jesus. We now can rule and reign. Is it automatic? No, because we have to come to the understanding and the revelation of who we really are and whose we really are. And it really doesn't take much except for a little meditation upon the word and the scriptures that I'm giving you today. The rest is up to him. It's him who has to back his word up. If we'll get a hold of this, we will walk in so much more authority and dominion as Jesus did. Remember, the reason why, this is what he said. He said, the difference between you and Jesus is he knew he, who he was and he walked in confidence and dominion because of it. If you will realize who you are and whose you are and where you're seated, you can walk in dominion and confidence and a boldness. Now, the disciples, you know, after the book of Acts, um, Acts 2, and, and they're, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, they're immersed, you know, and they go out and they see miracle signs and wonders. They, might, they must have been hurting, um, hearing the clamoring of the voices of the enemy and, and of people saying, who do they think they are? So-and-so is just from this family, and so-and-so did this sin and that sin in the past, and this and that. So the enemy likes to remind people of their failures. And so they pulled back away and they went and called on the Lord and they said, Lord, grant unto us boldness once again that we might preach your word. So they understood it and they're operating in it, but then they let the things of this world kind of clamor in and discourage them again. And God doesn't want that. He wants to have absolute confidence and, and uh, boldness to show the light, to show the glory of God. That was the whole plan of the Lord. He said, behold, I give you, in Matthew 16, 19, I'm not going to quote it all, but behold, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Now that you have these keys, think about it. When I give you the keys of our house, you now have the opportunity to unlock the door, to come in. You know, I have keys to my mom's house. She's not here today, but I could go in there and just raid her fridge partake and just enjoy and God gave us the keys of the kingdom we don't think of it that way 
We have been given the keys of the kingdom. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. How could you do that unless you actually were a part of that kingdom? Unless you actually have a place in that kingdom? Unless you've been given the authority to use those keys? And we have, by the way. The minute you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're seated together with Christ in heavenly places, called and chosen to show forth his glory. And now if things come against you or if you need some extra help, get those keys out and bind and loose in the name of Jesus. Amen? So Jesus... He didn't let man or society or his enemies or the devil or what everyone was saying define who he was. He walked in the authority because he knew who he was, the son of God. He knew who he was. He didn't let what man said or what they, you know, they were spitting on him, whipping him and all that in the end. And he still walked in boldness and authority. He knew what he had to do. He knew and he had confidence that what he was doing was important. We need to have confidence, people. Actually, he says, people of God, you are sons of God. You're daughters of the Most High God. And he's given us the keys of the kingdom. We're called his very special possession. You're that pearl of great price. You're so important to God. There's nothing, there's no place that you could have come from or nothing you could have done that rules you out. Oh, you're not any, anything special. I'm not going to use you. No. You accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. He comes and washes you clean and makes you right in the sight of God. Now you're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. This is so good. Romans 8, 29 through 31, he says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them. Remember, he already chose us. We're his chosen people. He chose them to become like his son. He didn't choose us to go hide in the corner. He didn't choose us to get, get downcast and, and downtrodden when we go through stuff. He chose us to be like his son, to walk in the boldness and the authority that we've been given from the father. Chose us to be like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. The firstborn to walk this earth as a manifest child of God, showing forth the glory of God. Having chosen them, he called them to be like him. Having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. This is all the word. This is God telling you who you are, whose you are, and where you stand with him. We need a reminder. We got to stop letting what the enemy is saying, what the world is saying, or what our past is saying. We have to stop letting it affect how we walk. We should be walking in the boldness and the authority of Christ Jesus because we're seated with him in heavenly places. And having given them the right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? Listen to this. If God be for us, who can be against us? 
Sometimes we kind of separate that scripture, and it's exciting anyways. But when you see the position of that scripture and the fact that he's made you with right standing with Christ, he has called you his holy priesthood, his holy nation, his chosen people. And with that being said, and now you're seated together with Christ, who can stand against you? Jesus knew no one, no devil in hell. He, free will, of his own free will, yielded himself to be sacrificed. He could have called down fire from heaven. He could have called down the angels. Why? He had the keys of the kingdom. He said he could loose angels and, and you know, be set free from that. But he chose to do it because we were a pearl. He wanted to purchase our freedom. But now, he says, because of this, because we're his chosen people, he wanted to be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters who walk like him and show forth his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these, except if God is for us, who can be against us? People, We need to start walking in boldness and authority and realize who we really are and not let these things cause fear and cause us to to shy away from being who we are. You're never going to see a miracle unless you lay hands on the sick. You're never going to see somebody saved unless you step out in boldness and open your mouth. Because the Bible says, how are they going to hear without a preacher? They're not all going to come into the church and hear the gospel. We're here to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry so that you can go out. And that's why the spirit of might is here, to impart might and boldness. Lord, grant unto us boldness that we, you, may go out and preach the word. And you're not alone. You're seated together with Christ. You've got the spirit of power and might working with you. A boldness is coming over each one of you. A boldness to preach the word of God, to set the captives free. Why? Because you're coming to the knowledge of who you are and whose you are and what you got. You've got the keys of the kingdom. Whatever tries to come against you, not just you, but people that are around you, you have the keys of the kingdom to bind and to loose. We're just not doing much good with these keys in our pocket jingling around. You got the keys, but you never use them. You never let yourself into the kingdom of heaven to to access what is yours. It's not going to do me any good if I have keys to my mom's house. I'm really hungry. Our fridge is empty. It really isn't. But our our fridge is empty and we're starving. Here we have keys to my mom's house where I can go and partake all I want and we can have our fill. That's how the believers are walking. Because they don't know who they are and they don't know what they have. They have keys to the kingdom. They can go partake of heaven's, heaven's glory. They can partake of God's presence. They can partake of God's presence and power to go out there and do the work of God. We have access to the kingdom. We have access to the throne room. He says, come in boldly and receive whatever it is you need. The devil's a liar. That's why he's screaming. It's afraid of you finding out who you really are. This is why Jesus was not defeated here on earth. 
He walked in the light of who he was. He walked in victory. And we can too if we would just realize who we really are and our position seated in heavenly places. Listen, when Jesus came, when he was visiting the disciples after he had um, risen from the dead, over the course of 40 days, he came and visited them several times. And the whole time, he's teaching them about the kingdom and what's excessive to them, what they can access from the kingdom of heaven, how they can walk with authority and might and dominion in this earth. Why do you think that they got so many, um, you know, so many miracle signs and wonders following them? It's because they walked in the knowledge of who they really are. Sons and daughters of God, seated together with Christ. They had been given the keys of the kingdom to bind and to loose. Jesus was supposed to be one among many brothers and sisters. Whoever would partake, whoever would take those keys and use them. Whoever would come to the knowledge and not just sit around and be like, yay, I'm going to heaven. But like, yay, I'm going to bring like thousands to heaven with me because I've got these keys that's going to set the captives free, that's going to um, cause blind eyes to open and the lame to walk. You know, I know that seems like so big, but do we think that anything's too big for God? No, but what he's trying to do is use our vessel. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. And if the Bible says if we don't tell them, how are they going to hear? So we need boldness. And where that's going to come from is you knowing who you are. Lord, grant unto us boldness. Show us who we really are. And that's what he's doing today. Romans 8, 16 and 17. For his spirit joins with our spirit when we accept Jesus Christ. Joins with our spirit to affirm. This is who you guys are. That you are God's children. When you're a child... You, you have this, like, permission to just go unlock the door. I don't know. I don't knock necessarily unless my mom's dog's right there and it's really intimidating. I can just take the key and unlock the door and walk in. When you are a part of a family, you don't really hesitate to just go let yourself in. God has given us his keys. And we're seated together with Christ. And he says we're joined together with his spirit to affirm we are God's children. Listen, we are heirs, in fact, together with Christ. Heirs of God's glory. We are joint heirs to God's glory. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Romans 8, 19 says... For all of creation is waiting for the revelation of who God's children really are. The earth is groaning as if in pains of childbirth, waiting to find out who God's children really are. When is that going to happen? When we get the revelation that we are God's children and we should be walking in the light of it and walking in his presence, power, and glory. Here's the thing. The word of God says we're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. 
<laughs> the ugly duckling story kind of came to me as I was studying this. I was like, we think we're an ugly duckling. All through his childhood, he's told he's ugly. He's told he'll amount to nothing. He's told he doesn't fit in. He's told he won't accomplish anything. It wasn't until the revelation knowledge of who God created him to be came that he walked in boldness and lifted his head up high. We need this revelation. We are the children of God, his holy people, his precious prize, his pearl of great price. Seated, children of God, seated with him in heavenly places. He trusts us, he gave us his keys to his house. We have access to the kingdom of heaven. But do we use them? The devil hates it when I use them, but I use them. We might hear screaming when we use the keys and bind the enemy. Things might manifest and not like us using those keys. But the devil has to flee when we resist him. In the name of Jesus. Find out who you are. I'm just telling you today, you're a child of God. A daughter of the king. You have gained access into heaven. You're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. You are Joint heirs with Jesus Christ to the glory of God. That means that you walk in power. You're joint heirs. He walked in power. You walk in power and authority. Heaven backs you up when you speak. The thing is, is I could not know who I am. And whisper, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. <laughs> you know, nothing's going to happen because I'm not really realizing who I am. I might scare some, but I can say, in the name of Jesus, I command you, get out of here now. Command this to stop now in Jesus' name. I'm walking in boldness and authority because I know Heaven is backing me up. I know I'm a child of God, a daughter of the king. I'm a royal priesthood. We are heirs of the glory of God, the power of God. He was the firstborn among many that should walk in the glory of God and show forth God's goodness, God's love, God's mercy, God's forgiveness, God's deliverance here on earth. It wasn't supposed to end with Jesus because what about all the other generations? They need to see Jesus. The plan was better, but we need to get it together. We are his royal priesthood. We are his chosen people to usher in his glory, to show forth his glory. Hallelujah. The revelation of who the sons and daughters of God are, the revelation is not going to happen unless we get a revelation of who we are. 
You know, God calls each one of us by name. He knows each one of us. And in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, the plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope, just to kind of disbunk everything that the devil's been trying to tell you all your life. That you're a nobody, that you can't amount to anything. You know, sometimes God will give you a vision. It seems too big. Oh, no, you could never do that. That's a lie. God's gifts and callings are without repentance. Sometimes we might mess up. Sometimes we might stray from it. But get back on. Get that vision before your eyes and start speaking and saying who God says you are. I can do all that God says I can do. If God is for me, who can be against me? Amen? Stop believing the devil's lies. He's just trying to distract you or keep you from God's plan and purpose for your life. Jeremiah 1, 5 through 9, he says, he's talking to Jeremiah here. He says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I had set you apart. I had a plan for you. Jeremiah responds. I'm just going to paraphrase. Jeremiah responds, and he's like, Lord, I'm, I'm too young, you know. I don't know how he was, you know, in his teens or something. He's like, I, I couldn't. I don't have all the experience of these prophets and this and that. I'm too young. And here's the thing. Remember the voices? Remember the discouragements that feed our thought life, that try to discredit us from being who God says we are? God says, don't say that. I have called you as a prophet to the nation." Whatever God's telling you, especially if it's too big for you to do, then it's him telling you to do it. Because with God on our side, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. When God's working in and through us, we are children of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It can be accomplished. Firstborn among many brothers and sisters. When they started believing, the disciples started believing who they were, the world was turned upside down because they walked in the boldness and the authority as children of God. Amen? Just one more point here. Sarah was Sarai, and God changes her name in Genesis 17, 15, and 16, God changes her name to Sarah. And he says, I will bless you. You'll become a mother to nations. Well, she listened to her old age. Oh, who wouldn't? But she listened to their old age. She listened to what the world or what the doctors said that she couldn't do. And it took her some time until she accepted who she was and who God said she was. It wasn't until she accepted that that she started walking in boldness and this, this faith that this could possibly happen. Abraham. Abram to Abraham. God's telling them you're someone different than the world's saying you are. That's why he kind of changed their name on them to tell them I'm declaring something new over you. Whatever's been said about you up until now, just kind of just brush it aside. Believe what I'm saying about you. And God's saying that to you today. Believe what I'm saying about you. Stop believing the lies of the enemy. Abraham, he went from Abram to Abraham. You will be the father of many nations. This was told to him at 99. He had not a child. It took him 25 years to get a grip 
on who he was. I want to just encourage you, get this earlier. You're a child of God. Don't wait till you're in your 80s, 90s, 99, (laughs) 25 years after that. Don't wait until then to realize who you are, a daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, or to Nick, you're a a man, a son of God, just reminding you, Um, you're a man, you're a son of God, a son of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm just joking. I'm talking to myself, you're a daughter of the King. I'm seated together with Christ in heavenly places. No weapon formed against me can prosper. All who rise against me will fall. How can I say that with confidence? Because I'm seated with Christ. Because I'm a child of the king. I have access to the kingdom of heaven. I have the keys of the kingdom that whenever something tries to come against me, I can bind it in the name of Jesus, and it has to flee. I can loose the angels of heaven, the hosts of heaven, and drive the enemy off. Build up a hedge of protection around me and my family. I don't have to fear because I hide in the secret place of the Most High. I abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Do you get what I'm saying? God wants us to walk in authority and boldness because we're getting the revelation. Meditate on the fact that you're a child of God. This is not just, I mean, there's several, several scriptures on this. You're joint heirs with Christ Jesus. You're the, he was the firstborn among many brothers and sisters that he wanted being manifest children of God, walking this earth, not, not just the disciples in the book of Acts. That was the start of where we're at now. It was supposed to continue. This is not for a select few. This is not for just the five full ministers. This is, this is the revelation of what God wants to do right now. Equipped the body of Christ with the spirit of might so they can go out and preach in boldness and power and the authority of God. The miracle signs and wonders are not for within the church, even though they may happen because people need to know, but they're for the unbelievers so they know our God is God. They weren't just going into the temple and performing miracle signs and wonders. No, they were going out into the streets. God has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants to use his children just like he did in the book of Acts. Amen? So don't let the lies of the enemy distract you, discourage you. Don't be the ugly duckling and let all this time go by. Come in to know who you are right now. Take God at his word and say, I'm a child of God. I wrote down some things for myself. I said, I'm a daughter of the king. I'm a pearl of great price. I'm a child of God. The Lord spoke to me one time. You're a warrior princess. Amen. (laughs) I'm an anointed and appointed minister of the gospel. I am, you might be needing this one. I am healthy, happy. I look and feel terrific. You might not look and feel terrific, but God says you are. 
You're a child of God. He created you in his image and likeness, and he thinks you're beautiful. You're a chosen people, a pearl of great price. He sold everything he had to get you. He loves every single one of you and every single one of them out there. When are we going to get it? Don't sit by and let another day go by believing the lies of the devil. You'll be bench warmers. Don't sit and watch a move of God happen and fill the pews. You go out there, preach the word of God with miracle signs and wonders, and you fill the pews. We are a chosen people to show forth his praise, show forth his glory. You might be like, well, this is so big. Like, how could I possibly? Hey, you touch one. Every single one of us touches one. This isn't about a church growth scheme either. But every one of us touches one, disciples one. The church is immediately doubled. But Jesus had 12. 12 people that he was ministering to, 12 people that he was teaching, 12 people that he was showing how to manifest the kingdom of heaven so that it would be multiplied, so that there would be a bigger impact for, in this world. Every single one of you, Isaiah 43, 7 says, every single one of you I have called by my name. I have created for my glory. I have formed you and I have made you. If he formed you, if he made you, if you're created in the very image and likeness of God, you've got the power and the ability to set the captives free. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are the hope of them ever seeing the glory. The people outside these walls. You are the hope for your family. You are the hope for your neighbors. You are the hope for those people at the grocery store. You're the hope for the people on your job, for them to see the glory of God. Just like me here, I have to be obedient when he shows me to do something. Be listening, spending time with the Lord and listening to what the Father is saying about your day and what it is he wants you to do because when he tells you to do something, the power of God backs it up. That's how Jesus lived his everyday life. Walking in the authority and boldness of who he was. Say, I'm a child of God. I'm a son or daughter of God. I've got the keys of the kingdom. When I loose angels, they're loose to work with me. When I bind the enemy and I resist him, He's got to flee. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I just pray right now. I seal that with the blood of Jesus. And I just pray, you know, I encourage you, watch it again. Meditate on it because I know it's a lot to chew. But it was like so rich and so such a revelation that God wants us to walk in. Amen. Hallelujah.